That's it. I believe we should just dive right into showtime. Well, good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, wherever the hell you happen to be hiding out there on the globe today. Coming to you direct from the oasis deep in the heart of the Cowichan Valley. It's episode 72 of Tavern Talk at the... Yeah, 72... Tavern Talk, Saloon Talk, whatever it is. It's uh, where we just blabber on about whatever happening. And the Great Reset is happening. And it matters not what the people try and do right now. Because after all, everything is going crazy out there. The Great Reset is upon us. And it appears that there is no amount of protests that are going to stop it or change it or change the politicians' minds because they have their goals and their goals are going to happen come hell or fucking high water because they just don't give two fucks, but they'll keep throwing shit in there that will help you feel better or, you know, for whoever they think is going to vote for them. Anyway, the best thing... What's that? Gold stars. Gold stars. Yes, gold stars for everybody. Best thing you can do, though, is... Work on some ways to help yourself out. And you can't change it. You can try all you want, but you're better off putting that time, energy, and effort into preparing to ride out the storm that is arriving. And this storm, it is starting to sprinkle, folks. It's not, it's no longer just a pipe dream. That storm is sprinkling now and it's all coming soon. So I think it's time that you hunker down and I suggest that you. Come on in, out of the dark, settle down by the fire, have a drink, and fall down some rabbit holes with us. Absolutely, and we've got a shitload of rabbit holes tonight. We don't have all, I don't, I didn't bring all that much for the prepping side of it, because we have so many rabbit holes to go out, go down tonight. But I brought a bunch for a Hopi Blue Star. Oh, cool. Hopefully you got some stuff that I haven't, I haven't brought, or read. It's a bunch of the, uh... A bunch of the signs that we're supposed to watch for. Oh, okay. Cool. And a link to a newish video. Neat. All right. Well, we'll check all that stuff out soon enough. All right. Well, let's get rolling here. Of course, we got to start to show off with our uh, little reading from the Bible to see what kind of warnings or plans that it has in store or stuff it's trying to tell us that might have already occurred and we're getting ready to repeat it again. Who the hell knows? At any rate. This week's special reading is from the 1955 edition of the King James Version, and it's from Deuteronomy, and it's chapter 22. Thou shalt not see thy brother's ox or his sheep go astray, and hide thyself from them. Thou shalt, in any case, bring them again unto thy brother. And if thy brother be not nigh unto thee, or if thou know him not, then thou shalt bring it unto thine own house, and it shall be with thee until thy brother seek after it, and thou shalt restore it to him again. In like manner shalt thou do with his ass, and so shalt thou do with his raiment. And with all lost things of thy brothers which he have lost, and thou hast found, shalt thou do likewise. Thou mayest not hide thyself. Thou shalt not see thy, brother, thy brother's ass or his ox fall down by the way, or hide thyself from them. Thou shalt surely help him to lift them up again. The woman shall not wear that which pertaineth unto a man, neither shall a man put on a woman's garment, for all that do so are, ab are an abom abomination unto the Lord thy God. 
If a bird's nest chanced to be before thee in the way, in any tree or on the ground, whether they be young ones or eggs, and the dam sitting upon the young or upon the eggs, thou shalt not take the dam with the young. But thou shalt in any wise let the dam go, and take the young to thee, that it may be well with thee, and that thou shalt mayest prolong thy days." When thou buildest a new house, then thou shalt make a battlement for thy roof, that thou bring not blood upon thine house, if any man fall from thence. Thou shalt not sow thy vineyard with, div with diverse seeds, lest the fruit of thy seed which thou hast sown and the fruit of thy vineyard be defiled. Thou shalt not plow with an ox and an ass together. Thou shalt not wear a garment of diverse sorts, as of a woolen and linen together. Thou shalt make thee fringes upon the four quarters of thy vesture, wherein thou coverest thyself. If any man take a wife, and go unto her bed, and hate her, and give occasions of speech against her, and bring up an evil named upon her, and say, I took this woman, and when I came to her, I found her not a maid, then shalt the father of the damsel and her mother take and bring forth the tokens of the damsel's virginity unto the elders of the city in the gate. And the damsel's father shall say unto the elders, I gave my daughter unto this man to wife, and he hateth her. And lo, he hath given occasions of speech against her, saying, I found not thy daughter a maid, and yet these are the tokens of my daughter's virginity, and they shall be spread the cloth before the elders in the city. And the elders of that city shall take that man and chastise him, and they shall immerse him in the hundreds they shall immerse him in a hundred shekels of silver and give them unto the father of the damsel, because he have brought up an evil named upon a virgin of Israel. And she shall be his wife. He may not put her away in all his days. But if this thing be true, and the tokens of virginity do not be found for the damsel, then they shall bring out the damsel to the door of her father's house, and the men of her city, of her, of her city shall stone her with stones that she die, because she hath wrought folly in Israel. To play the whore in her father's house, so shalt thou put evil away from among you. If a man found lying with a woman married to a husband, then they both then shall both of them die, both the man that lay with the woman and the woman, so shalt thou put away evil from Israel. If a damsel that is a virgin be betrothed unto a husband, and a man find her in the city and lie with her, then ye shall bring them both out of the gate of that city, and ye shall stone them with stones that they die. The damsel, because she cried not being in the city, and the man, because he have humbled his neighbor's wife, so thou shalt put away evil from among you. But if a man find a betrothed damsel in the field, and the man force her and lie with her, then the man only that lay with her shall die. But unto the damsel that thou shalt do nothing, there is in the damsel no sin worthy of death. For as when a man riseth up against his neighbor and slayeth him, even so is this matter. 
For he found her in the field, and the betrothed damsel cried, and there was none to save her. If a man find a damsel that is a virgin which is not betrothed, and they lay and lay hold of her, and lie with her, and they be found, then the man that lay with her shall give unto the damsel's father fifty shekels of silver, and she shall be his wife, because he hath humbled her, and he may not put her away until all his days. A man shall not take his father's wife, nor discover his father's skirt. There you go. Wow. That one I probably should have read first, <laughs> but it was entertaining. <laughs> well, it's actually quite interesting because the way that it talks, it, it, I can't help but think about how very literal a lot of those passages have been taken over time, <laughs> where if you don't take them quite so absolute, mm -hmm. it makes a lot of sense. I mean... What do you mean? They so seem to be—they seem to be pretty clear and straightforward to me. A lot of it. But I mean, things like "Thou shalt not wear wool and linen together." Yeah, well, we shalt we're, not we're, farms with a donkey and an ass together. No, an ox and an ass. An ass is a donkey. Sorry, an ox and an ass. You, you can't use an ox yeah. and an ass at the same time. You really wouldn't want to anyway, because they pull and they're they're they're, they're different strength of animals, and you would screw everything up. Yeah. And if you were, and if you were to wear linen and wool together, that would be a really stupid thing to do too, because linen does not work with sweat very well. Wool causes sweat. The two materials together don't work well unless it's like deep winter and you're not yeah. really sweating much. Yeah, there's some there, there's some good practicality there, along with a whole big long section there about uh, about um, adultery and uh, and rape. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, once upon a time, rape was a death sentence, unless she wasn't married. If she wasn't married, then it was a different kind of death sentence than our husband. It, it was a death sentence. Either way, it was a death sentence. Yeah. Either way, it was a death sentence for the dude. It caught, you know, it was a death sentence if she was if she if she was married or or something, and but it wasn't a death sentence if she was a maid. And uh, in in that, you had to marry her, but it cost you fifty shekels. Yep. <laughs> So instead of the male getting the dowry, the man had to give the dowry in order to have the woman who he took against her permission. Yeah. So that actually makes a lot of sense as well. <laughs> yeah, there's some good entertainment it, there. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's interesting. Like the, that whole passage was very interesting. Mm -hmm. Also, the part where they talk about um, no wearing the opposite sex's Clothes. instruments. Well, yeah. Don't don't be a man if you are a woman. Don't be a woman if you are a man. Well, mm -hmm. a lot of people are taking that so literally. Well, maybe it's less about the literal aspect of it. Maybe the Bible is more so talking about don't try to be something you are not. Because mm -hmm. if you try something you are not, you are an abomination, which in truth is absolutely everyone. Yeah, could be. If you pretend to be something that you are not, you are going to fail. You're going to fall apart. Your entire life is going to be completely and utterly destroyed because you need to be who you are. Yep. Could be. Look at politicians. At, any at rate, the end of a politician's career, they're completely destroyed because they are, they are always who they are not. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, with that in mind, let's go check out our special video today, which... Every parent in the world can appreciate this one. <laughs>
as soon as we get to the video. Well, my kids used to do that all the frickin' time, and I've had people threaten to call the ministry. I'm like, really? How about you come down here and make her walk? She laughs when I'm pulling her. Come on. Yeah, well, <laughs> I want the video. Yeah, this is the this is the still the still shot from it. <laughs> that looks like every Gandhi baby in the world, because all babies do the Gandhi baby thing. Uh -huh. And it's like, oh my god, I'm just going to drag you. Oh look, you're laughing. I'll drag you more. <laughs> yeah. Oh, where's the video? It's down here. Oh, come on. Load the video. Maybe it got deleted. Uh, I doubt it. Look at a viral video. Nothing to delete there. It's just it was rather entertaining. 99.5% would agree, yeah. You gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> every every parent out there has experienced this with their with their toddlers. Oh yeah. Like eventually you just like fuck it. I'm dragging you. There it is. Alright, here we go. It's another manic Monday. Nice and slow because the baby doesn't want to get hurt. <laughs> there you go. Don't want to hurt the baby. <laughs> I just love that one. That one does. I, I saw that, and we had to bring that one. That, that's a good giggle laugh. <laughs> All right, let's go check out a few things from our gardening, urban planning, miscellaneous crap stuff here. All right. All right. First off, we've got choosing tomato varieties for your garden. I thought this was actually a very helpful article because it'll go through the major, uh, like the, the more common varieties and it helps you to choose what variety would grow best in your area based on your weather, your uh, your heat, your your kind of um, like what, what kind of weather do you get? Do you get rainy? Do you get cloudy? Do you get hot? Do you get cold? How long does your summer last? It also goes through what will you do with, with, the, with the fruit? Like, are you planning on making uh, tomato paste or are mm -hmm. you planning on just using them for meals? Like, depending on what you're planning on doing with them can <laughs> also add to what kind you get. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. This one, too. Growing habit. Determinate versus indeterminate. I didn't know what that meant until I read it in this article. Oh, yeah. Uh, determinate means that they'll grow to a certain height and then they just stop. Whereas indeterminate means they keep growing. Yep. Yeah. Determinate means it produces all the fruit at one time. Indeterminate means it just keeps producing fruit from the time it starts flowering. Yeah. The indeterminate are better ones to grow if you don't if you don't want to deal with it. if you plant a bunch of determinate tomatoes you might suddenly find that you have so many tomatoes you don't have time to deal with them all which is good if you are producing tomatoes just to turn into like tomato paste or something but not great if you're doing it for your own garden yep i like the name tumbling tom mm. uh, <laughs> there's some really interesting names of tomatoes out there and lettuce I will never forget uh, the, the drunken lady lettuce. Drunken woman. Oh, sorry. Dr drunken woman lettuce. Mm -hmm. Yep. There are some interesting oh, names oh. out there. I don't remember if it grew, but I like the name. It grew a little bit. We had some problems growing lettuce and carrots for some reason. 
For some reason, lettuce and carrots, I'm having troubles growing. I have something wrong with my soil that they don't like. It's the only thing so I can think this of. Is, this is really cool. The three sisters, corn, beans, and squash. Yep. I didn't know about, um, like, I, I knew about companion planting and growing, but I didn't think, I've never thought about the idea of growing them in such a way that they actually intertwine with one another. Mm -hmm. And this I found very interesting to read because what they actually do here is they take an old native tradition and they turn the memorizing of what plants to grow together and how to grow them together into a story so it's easier to remember. Mm -hmm. I thought oh, yeah. it was cool. Yeah, the three sisters is uh, is has always been corn, beans, and squash, and the pole beans because you pole beans need something to climb. Problem is, is you got to make sure you start them all at the right time. <coughs> yeah, because <coughs> the corn grows faster than the or the beans grow faster than the corn, so you gotta you gotta plant the seeds at the right time to get the corn stalks big enough for the pole beans, and then and then you don't want the the squashes putting out big leaves before the uh, pole beans have had a time to start time to start climbing. Yeah. So if you you got to put the seeds in at the right time to get them all to grow together properly. I've tried growing them. I haven't been successful growing all three in the same bed yet. And then um, they also put in that sometimes a fourth sister is added by growing sunflowers as well. Mm. Yeah, sunflowers are good. All right. Yeah, I thought this was a cool one. Planting, growing, and harvesting watermelons. Yeah. Uh, watermelons are very popular. Mm -hmm. And uh, for our area, like our part of the island here, you'll want to plant it a week or two before the last frost date because they take a long time to grow and a long time to ripen. Yeah. So if you want them for late summer, you got to plant them kind of early. But um, in other area, in other parts of Canada, you would want to start the seedlings inside like a month or so before your last frost date and then move them outside. Yep. Yeah, I didn't get seeds started for watermelons. I may be, I may not be getting any this year, but I'm gonna try again anyway. I've got, to, I've been so busy with my other projects, I've let my seed planting slack. Mm -hmm. I finished, uh, I finally finished the fence today. Oh, good. That's one thing out of my way. That's a good thing. Mulching. How to mulch your garden and garden types of mulch. So this is an article that goes through the various kinds of mulch that are available, how to make that mulch, and how to mulch depending on the time of year. Yeah. It also talks about the benefits and drawbacks of using mulch in your garden area. Yeah. One of the drawbacks can be is that if the mulch gets into the soil, it'll steal nitrogen from it. You got to make sure it stays on top. So it doesn't steal mm -hmm. nitrogen from your soil. Yeah, it's it's a good article if you're interested in mulching your garden. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one to check out. How to build a rain garden. Build a garden and one? let it rain. What's easier? No, this is this is a very specific kind of rain garden. I I brought this to the show before. Um I think it's a fantastic idea, especially since we have rain like nine out of twelve days here. Mm-hmm. Not in the summer. No, not in the summer, but you know, for the other ten months of the year. Mm -hmm. <laughs> About ten months a year, we are all rain, 
And having rain gardens, I think, would be a fantastic idea. The idea is to have a shallow bowl-shaped area that collects water runoff and plant, um, plant things that actually need that kind of water to grow there. There's a lot of medicinal and edible plants that you can plant in a very particular rain garden. There's a couple of designs in this article. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's a really good idea. Yeah, it could be something worthwhile. May have to depend upon the rain one day. If we lose yeah. our, if we lose our grid, we're going to lose our water. <laughs> if the grid goes down, the water goes down. But having rain collection devices or rain collection areas is a very good idea. All right, making hummingbird nectar. This is more for people who want to feed the hummingbirds throughout the winter. Putting hummingbird nectar out in the spring and summer is not the best idea because it will teach the birds to stop hunting. In the yeah. winter, they're not going to be finding food very easily anyway. Yeah. Cool. So this is more of something to figure out how to do during the summer and you can start putting it out in the fall and winter. Cool. All right. How do we get rid of earwigs? Yeah, they're creepy crawly bugs. They are so creepy. And then this article gives you uh, <coughs> pictures of them all blown up and in detail, and it's just mm -hmm. creepy as heck. Yeah. But it is a very good um, article because it doesn't just go through and tell you, like, what earwigs are and how to tell what is an earwig and what is it. It actually goes through and tells you what kind of damage earwigs do to your garden. How to recognize earwig damage in your garden before it's really become a huge thing. And it tells you how to get rid of them. Mostly earwig traps. Very similar to slug well, traps. If or, they eat aphids, I want to leave them in my garden. They're creepy. Mm -hmm. Yes, I, I, I found them in my so garden creepy. a few times. Yes. <clears throat> Yeah. Um. Let's see here. They some of that holies. Huh? If that's if that's earwig earwig damage, I may have some problems with those. How to get rid of them? There you go. All right. Lay a foot section of bamboo in the beds between your plants. Oh, and they'll crawl into the they'll they'll call it they'll call crawl into the bamboo and you just dump them in soapy water. Yep. <laughs> Put petroleum jelly, oh, petroleum jelly around your plants. Huh. Borax. Huh. Oil pit traps. Yay, oil pit traps. <laughs> Soy sauce and olive oil or vegetable oil. Put in a container, secure the lid, punch holes in the top, make the holes large enough for the earwigs to get in, bury the container in the soil up to the holes, and they crawl in and drown. <laughs> I like that trap. Alcohol controls them by getting them drunk. Oh, it's a, sorry, wrong one. <laughs> cool. No, oh, that's a worthwhile one to read out. All right. Dandelion flower why, pancakes. Um, sorry, I just one more thing. Yeah. Earwigs really like rainy weather. Yeah, well, 
they live here. They're a big issue here on the island. I, I have I found them under wood and other places here, uh, in my in the garden. So Yeah. They're just they're they're I I never give them much thought and, but judging by that leaf damage I may le, judging by that leaf damage in the picture they showed, I may have to give them some thought. Dandelion flower pancakes. They taste better than they look. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, dandelions have a lot of health benefits. They are yeah. anti-inflammatory. Yeah. They have potassium and iron, help support your liver and digestive function. Yeah. They are really good for you. And turning them into something that tastes good, like dandelion flour pancakes or dandelion syrup, Mm -hmm. It's really good for you to have this kind of stuff around. It's good for you. Tastes all right. Yeah. And there are all kinds of them right now. Mm -hmm. They're everywhere at the moment. Yes, they are. And if you're not spraying pesticides in your yard, just go out there and pick them. <laughs> Damn. I hate when that happens. All right. And then I also have dandelion syrup, or it's also called dandelion honey. Is it made from honey? No, it is a syrup or honey made from dandelion. Hmm. So. And the reason why it's called dandelion honey is because once it's cooled and thickened, it actually moves like honey. Hmm. It does require sugar, but... Hmm. Well, no, sugar, brown sugar, lemon juice, zest, yep. and dandelion flowers, and it looks like you heat them up, and yeah, that's a good thing to do. Preserve it and okay. use it during the winter. Exactly. It's a pretty awesome little thing to have in, in addition to your stores. All right. Let's see what else we got before we start diving down some rabbit holes. Um, you got more on it. Dandelion health benefits. Wow, you were all over the dandelions. I was. They're everywhere. And I meant to do things with dandelions last year, but I never got around to it. Well, I'd be careful picking dandelions in your area. Yeah, that, that's one of the problems. You don't, you don't, cities, you, you don't know, know you don't know what's there's a lot of dogs. You know, it's not just dogs. You just don't you don't know what's been sprayed with pesticides or not, too. Yeah, the best option is to go for a walk through like oh, go for a walk out in the forest. Look for some meadows. Forests yeah. always have meadow areas. Yep. Find a meadow area that has dandelions. Not all of them do because dandelions grow in areas to improve soil structure. So this article actually gives you a short history, information like how dandelions were actually brought over here. And the Normans call it dent de lion, tooth of the lion, for its jagged leaves. The Vikings brought dandelion seed with them to Iceland and Greenland, where the plant still thrives today. Mm -hmm. The Chinese call it nail in the earth for its long taproot, which draws nutrients and moisture from deep in the ground. In medieval times, dandelions gathered on St. John's Eve, June 24th, were believed to repel witches. Hmm. It's very interesting. And like the health benefits of this is uh, it has a dense assortment of nutrients, 
folate and other B vitamins, selenium, copper, potassium, vitamins K, C, E, and A. It's got a lot of good stuff for you. Yep. And so, every part of this plant is edible. It's, a, it's, a, it's the stuff you really need in the wintertime, more so than yeah. in the summer. So making that, making the dandelion syrup is probably a really good way to preserve it. Another another thing you can do is you can make a dandelion mead, which I have a recipe for. I'll have to bring that to the next show if I remember. Okay. Health benefits of asparagus. I love asparagus. My asparagus are growing quite nicely. I've got to go harvest a couple of them, a couple of spears. I can't harvest too many because it's only year two of my asparagus bed. And you really can't harvest your asparagus fully until year three. Asparagus are an investment in time and patience. But once you get past year three of your bed, you have an abundance of asparagus for the next 50 years. Which is awesome. And you get to harvest them twice a year. You harvest them in the spring, which is all the ones that are coming up right now in my bed. And then you harvest them in the uh, in the fall. In fact, I, took, I think I actually took some photos of my asparagus today. Let's go bring up a couple of photos here. Let's get some asparagus stuff up here. Bring up Any all photos of your baby chickens? Yeah, you really want to see the baby chickens, don't you? I do. I love baby chickens. They're so cute. I like mm -hmm. baby anything, but baby chickens is what you have, so I want to see. <laughs> yeah, well, we got to wait for it to load here. Load them up. Okay, while it's loading up here, let's bring up uh, this asparagus. Yes, asparagus are good, and they're tasty, and I have yet to taste fresh asparagus. Meaning, meaning the stuff straight out of your garden, which I hear is extremely tasty and good versus uh, the stuff you buy in the store, which is what we are so used to getting. Mm -hmm. you know, and while I like them that way, I'm going to have to, I'm going to find out in about a week or two. Are you excited? Oh yeah, here you go. Here's my asparagus. My purple asparagus. Kind of reminds me of that giant stone structure in D.C. Yeah. Maybe that's what they uh, took the design from, was asparagus. Yeah. Who knows? There's asparagus coming up, the purple ones. And then we've got, there's the uh, regular green ones coming up. There's the green ones coming up. So my, my, my bed is full of purple and green asparagus. Nice. Definitely looks stronger than last year's. Well, yeah, this year too, because they got to build out a real good, strong root. That's why you don't pick them the first year. You just let them grow their big, big, strong roots. You can see it's they're putting out several spheres per crown now. Several, That's awesome. Several spheres per crown. All right, there you go, baby chickens. So the one with the darker feathers, that one's going to be the black one. That's going to be the black one. That's going to be the They're black so one. Cute. Yeah, yeah. And here's the one. Here's the photo in their in their red zone because I've got to keep them under the light so you can. So they're all in. They're under a, a heat lamp now. <laughs> I have this sudden image of them like totally teching out to techno music mm -hmm. with that light. Yeah. Well, who knows? <laughs> we'll see what we got. But yeah, that's the baby chickens. 
You should throw on some techno music and see what happens. Because if they start teching out and dancing <laughs> to techno music, I want a video. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, B, selenium, copper, potassium, other minerals, vitamins K, C, E, and A. That's what's in asparagus. Very good and healthy stuff. It really is. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, fresh asparagus. You've got to, you definitely got, if you do plant asparagus, you got to be patient, folks. All right. Let's see. Okay, that's pretty much uh, all of our garden tips and what we got here. So let's start with a couple of odd other tips we've got. This one here, I'm pretty sure I've brought in this one in the past. It's a do it yourself tin oil lamp in case of a power outage. Basically, if you got used oil, used cooking oil, don't throw it away, folks. Put it in a container that you can store it in. Because if you do that... Also, if your oil goes blank, if your oil goes bad, don't chuck it. Mm -hmm. Just store it. Because you can turn it into a oil lamp. Or you can use it to polish your furniture or your boots or all kinds of things you can use it for waterproofing. But... This is a nice, simple thing. You can take an old can, punch a hole in the top, run a string through it, get the string soaking, uh, soaked into oil, pour oil in the can, light the string, and poof, instant, instant oil lamp. And you can use any old rag to do it, too. You just use all old cooking oil. And if you make it, if you use a big enough one, you can turn it into a small cook stove. That is useful. To cook with. So don't throw stuff out, folks. Keep it. You know, well, you got to make sure what you're keeping is going to be useful or could be useful somewhere down the line. <laughs> and you can use any old jar to make it out of. So I thought that was useful to bring back. All right. May holidays, fun facts and folklore. <laughs> I honestly thought that the folklore sayings were the best like a warm a warm january a cold may mm -hmm. a dry may and a leaking june make the farmer whistle a merry tune mm -hmm. a snowstorm in may is worth a wagon load of hay <coughs> and so on and so forth there's a bunch of things right down at the bottom i already know most of the uh, holidays in may so i don't i didn't really pay attention yeah cinco de mayo is coming up mother's day yep. armed forces day national marine day victoria day memorial day Oh, look, there's more. I didn't even notice this because I didn't pay attention. May 1st is School Principals Day. Hmm. And there's a World Tuna Day. There's and nothing there's for May 3rd. Canal Awareness Week? Of course there is. Why wouldn't there be? And a No Socks Day. Uh-huh. Dance and like a, a dance chicken like day. A chicken day. Really? <laughs> and a slug's return from Capistrano? What? <laughs> don't ask, man. I really don't know. <laughs> No socks and dance like a chicken. Hmm. Wow. All right. Warm January, cold May. Asparagus omelet. I'll be making one of those next year. I'll be able to harvest enough asparagus for it. Oh, yeah. They also get some gardening tips here, too, hmm. which is useful. Like uh, growing guides for veggies, herbs, and fruits. And 
They, okay, so they don't really give the growing advice here. What they do is they give you links to check out their growing advice yep. for things that you might find useful. Yep. A little lower on the page is where the sayings are. That is really the main part I paid attention to. Hmm. This month in history, terrifying twisters, calendar question. Uh, well, oh, I couldn't find I it. I guess we missed it. We must have walked right by it. Where'd it go? <coughs> Damn. It's there somewhere. <clears throat> you must have breathed in some dust. Oh, every once in a while, something just causes me to sneeze for a few minutes and it goes away. I have no idea what it is. All right. Let's see what else we got. Have you ever heard of Earthshine? Earthshine? Yeah. I don't know what Earthshine is. So right be beneath May Holiday's fun facts and folklore is what is Earthshine? Okay. Earthshine is what happens when you can see the part of the moon that is not lit up. The dark side of the moon? You can't see it. Nobody seems to see the dark side of the no. moon. No, not the dark side of the moon. That's the part of the I... that's the part of the moon that's not lit up. <laughs> okay. Like this, where it's technically a crescent, but then you can still see the rest of the moon. Mm. Where where we are in the planet, we aren't technically seeing the rest of the moon being lit up mm. from the reflection of the sun. We are only seeing the crescent, but you can still see the rest of the moon. What that bit is called, that bit is called Earthshine, where you can see the whole moon, even though it's only a crescent moon time a month. <sighs> I've always wondered why it is I can see the full moon when it's only supposed to be a crescent. Hmm. I've always wondered that. Now I know. It's called Earthshine. Okay. And essentially, it is the reflection of light from our planet onto the moon. Oh, we do have one other thing. We have we have a new section that uh, I don't know if you added it or I added it, but you brought something for it. So, how to build a chicken coop. I've already done that. The definitive guide. How to build a chicken coop. Get an idea in your head and go to town. <laughs> well, this is a guide for people who don't have that capability because most people don't have that capability. And yes, I noticed your chickens are crazy section. I thought about going out and searching up crazy chicken information, but it's oh, too much effort. There'll be there'll be more coming because I'm still researching. I should have brought the articles I've been reading about uh, chickens lately because I I had to read up, you know, because I haven't had chickens myself for going on 30 years now. I've completely, you know, the information that I knew is somewhere deep in the dark recesses of my mind that I. I I fried when I was young, and uh, and uh, I had to relearn how to uh, take care of chickens, especially baby chickens. Although when we had chickens, we didn't have to take care of the baby chickens. We had a mother hen that did it for us, so that's kind of cheating. <laughs> if you're going to raise chickens, you know, the easiest way to do it is to have a mother hen do it for you. Then you don't got to yep. do anything. She'll raise them up for you, and then uh, and then you can do what you need to. You know, in other words, take out the mother after she raises them up, so you can uh, replace the mother with the babies, which is what we well, did. Well, what this is is this is a walkthrough on how to build a chicken coop, mm -hmm. why you need to build it, and in, um, in the way that they're explaining to you, mm -hmm. like for you, 
you already had a basic understanding of why a chicken coop is built the way it's built. So you were able just to go at it with an idea straight out of your brain meat. Yeah. But for people like people like me, for for instance, I don't have a single bloody clue really why a chicken coop is the way it is. I would need to read up on things like this to explain to me why it needs to be this size, why it needs to have this space at the bottom, why it needs to have this, this, and that. Mm-hmm. This will explain all that to you. Yep. Oh. Yeah, it tells you how much it's, square footage you need for your chickens. Yep. You know, and then I, I have some interesting ideas. I've been reading some other interesting ideas here and there. One one thing they one thing that was suggested is to stick a mirror in your chicken coop so the chickens can admire themselves. They like to do that. Yes, yes. They're 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 vain like every other creature out there. I don't know. My cat attacks his reflection a lot, so. Well, eventually he'll <laughs> learn to admire it. But you can put it put a mirror in there. You put other things in there to give them entertainment because chickens get bored. Okay, I can understand that. You got to give them things to entertain themselves, you know. Dude, is that a swing for the chicken? That's a, sw- that's a swing for the chicken, yes. That's awesome. <laughs> that's a swing for the chicken. There's another idea for me. Because I want to put some things up to it for, so my chickens can entertain themselves. You know, I want healthy, happy, healthy chickens. Yes, and it's really important to build out your, your nesting boxes. And you got to make your nesting boxes at least one square foot. In other words, 12 inches by 12 inches by 12 inches. Mm-hmm. And then, they, of course, make it easy so you can go pick the eggs out of them every day. The hard part is making sure that all your chickens use the nesting boxes. Because sometimes you get a chicken that just doesn't like the nesting boxes and decides to lay eggs all over the place. You know... I do remember reading something about how uh, chickens who don't like the nesting boxes are generally okay if you give them an area that's comfortable on the floor. Yeah. The theory is... (laughs) Theory is what? That some chickens are afraid of heights. Oh, well, the nesting boxes are lower than their roost, though. Okay. And chickens chickens don't sleep in the boxes. They sleep in a roost. They climb up on a roost yeah. and they climb up on a roost and then sit on their feet and go to sleep. Well, maybe they're afraid of of pooping out an egg while being somewhere. Well, well, they that that's the problem is chickens like their privacy when they're pooping out an egg. I get that. Yeah, you know, they 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 want their privacy. You know, that's why you got to give them their give them privacy. And some of them just don't, aren't comfortable using the nesting box. They like to be somewhere else. Oh, how horrible would it be if you built a swing for the chicken and one of your chickens only wanted to lay eggs on the swing? <laughs> that would suck because every time they drop the egg, you'd lose the egg. Yeah. <laughs> Biggest thing you want, you one thing you don't you don't want an egg to crack and you don't want a chicken to get a taste for that egg. Because if if a chicken gets a taste for eating eggs, it's near impossible to break. You usually have to do away with the chicken. Yeah. And that is just not useful. No. So you have to be careful about that. So it's like if you feed chickens, if you feed chickens eggshells, you got to make sure that they're crushed to the point where they can't identify it as an eggshell. <laughs> chickens really are crazy. Yes, yes, <laughs> they are. They're really stupid. They're really crazy. I keep and thinking about the fact that you have to use the red light for the babies, otherwise they'll peck each other to death. Yeah, yeah, that was an article I was reading too. Yeah, if you don't use the red light, if they peck each other, they see blood, they keep pecking at it. But if everything's so, red, they don't. I did catch them earlier today. I should have filmed it. They were pecking at the side. They were pecking at the wooden wall of the uh, at the of the uh, brooder. <laughs> I'm like, okay. 
<laughs> Whatever works for you, chicken. So, do you have to keep the red light on all the time, or is it well, only while you're feeding them? No, it's got to be on all the time because it's a heat lamp. Okay. It's a it's a red heat lamp. You could use a white heat lamp, but you would want a red light because you need the red light on all the time for them. But they won't peck each other to death when they're all grown up. No, no, they'll they'll peck at each other until they get their pecking order established. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's where pecking order comes from. Is from chickens, because chickens peck at each other to determine who's in charge. Okay, just like kids. Which chicken? Which chicken gets to eat first? Which chicken gets the best spot on the roost? In other words, the, to the highest spot on the roost, so there's less chance of being shit on by other chickens. The poor chicken at the bottom has got the worst of it. Yep. You know, although I, although yeah, although I'm setting up my roost so they can't shit on each other while they're sleeping. Probably a good idea. But but that was noted. It's like don't don't build them up so that the chickens are actually or, or could shit on each other while they're sleeping because they will do that. <laughs> <laughs> so, but they do. the The chicken at the highest point on the roosting get is the uh, is the head of the pecking order. If you roost, if you if you have different levels of roosts for them. Good so. question. Mm -hmm. In the winter with chickens, do you need to have electrical heat? Because I see a heading here under nesting boxes, electricity. Um, yes and no. You know, it depends on how cold it is. Um, okay. If you if you want egg laying, you will have to put a light bulb in there. But I'm not going to I'm not going to prolong my chickens' egg laying, which means I'll get very few eggs in the winter time. <laughs> Makes sense, but it sounds like it's healthier. It's healthier for the chickens to not make them lay eggs year-round. Yeah. You know, because you know, laying an egg takes a lot out of a chicken. And they do need the winter to rest up and build up the energy to lay eggs for the next, the next uh, uh, season. They need about 12 hours of daylight each day to start laying eggs regularly daily. Okay. So basically, spring solstice or spring equinox to a fall equinox is when the chickens really start laying eggs. Okay. If, if you're like selling in the winter, would in the area we live in, for for instance, would mm -hmm. we need to put heat into the no into the chicken roof? No, we wouldn't really need it except for well, where the oasis is, we might need it here at the oasis because, like last winter, it got down to minus twelve. And, and at that, that point, would be bad. And at that point, there you do want some extra heat in the chicken coop to help keep them warm. You know, but if it's only getting down to around zero or, you know, four or five degrees above, you know, chickens are fine. They've got feathers. They're, they're designed to survive cold weather to a, have, to a certain extent. Is, isn't, isn't there a breed of chicken that is actually bred for freezing cold temperatures? Probably. Huh. I, I'll have to. I have to research. to learn about. I, I have to research the breeds of chickens I'm getting because I'm getting heritage hens, and some of them are crossbreed, some of them are pure. It's it, it's a variation. I, I I have a. I'm gonna have a big variation of chickens, so I'm gonna have to research all the breeds and find out more about the different breeds and what they do and what their tolerances are and everything else. Now, the big thing that I was worried about when I was getting the chickens from the farm is that uh, I just I said, well, I'm not overly concerned about the chickens I get. Uh, I just want to make sure that they're all going to play well together when they're in the yard, because <laughs> some breeds Fair don't enough. play well. Some breeds don't play well together with each other. Like the black sheep, only black chicken. Yep. All right, let's go 
have a gander at a couple of things I brought here that talk about our food supply since we're talking about the chickens right now. Because you've got, right now, everyone's panicking over the avian flu virus. Although, yeah, which has brought up the cost of eggs. Oh, yeah. The cost of eggs are climbing highs. Another reason why I wanted chickens. That was my start for it. But I was in such, I, I really wanted to get my chickens before uh, they started They started trying to ban small farms from selling them. Because I'm buying mine from a small farm. I'm glad that you're able to get them. Yeah. So they're, they're, they're panicked about this thing. Now, I have my questions about this avian flu virus, mainly because they're using the PCR test, that same old reliable test they used to determine the uh, coronavirus, to determine if these chickens are infected. So I have questions. Yeah. They're not answering these questions, which makes me question even more. So... At any rate, they're talking about a, uh, there's supposedly it's arrived in BC, in West Kootenai, and it wiped out 80% of her flock. Yeah. Now, in her case, if they were literally dropping dead, yeah, there was something wrong there. But they're not dropping dead, they're just sick. Yeah. But according to this one, they were dropping dead. But if they were dropping dead, hers were actually infected with something. The biggest thing is, is many of these ones, they're not dropping dead. They just go, oh, we've detected this virus. you got to wipe out your entire flock. you got to euthanize your entire flock. Kill them all. Kill them. Kill them all. <laughs> and it's not just the chickens for egg layer chickens. It's all chickens. The meat birds. That's why the price of chicken. I caught something on the No Agenda show where they were talking about, you know, people were standing around the chicken aisle in the grocery store and it had gone from a buck fifty a pound for chicken to five bucks a pound for chicken. Like within wow. like a week. Jeez. You know, so this is what happens, you know, shortages, it creates shortages. And we're going to wander into the shortages really soon and what's happening with the shortages out there. Now, this is the one that I love here. Backyard chicken owners have a role to play in preventing the spread of avian flu, expert says. The experts. Yeah, I'm wondering about that. Like, how is it that backyard chicken owners have a role to play? What, you just keep your chickens to yourself? Well, they're saying here that if you're a backyard chicken owner, you got to watch your chickens and be a, pay attention, you know, keep the wild birds from your backyard chickens, you know. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I feel like that's going to work. <laughs> Biosecurity. Okay. You know, you got to do, you got to practice high biosecurity, meaning, you know, if people come over to your house to handle your chickens, make sure they wash their hands and, you know, find out where they've been and blah, blah, blah. It's like when I went to the farm to get my chickens today, it was so, it was such a lovely experience. It was like, oh my God, real people, farmers, <laughs> you know, the guy I met, you know, he was, he'd been working because I went there in the morning. So he'd probably been up since sunrise doing stuff. They had miniature horses. The little short ponies. Oh, cool. they, they were so cute. They're, I love miniature horses. I don't like riding them, were but I, I find them very cute and neat. Were, were they grumpy? The one I was grumpy. She's pregnant. When we went <laughs> into enough. when we went into the barn to look at the chicken, she started kicking and she had to get some hay. <laughs> Fair enough. All pregnant creatures are kind of grumpy. Yeah. Which I understand. So she was a bit grumpy, but anyway, 
So, you know, you shake hands, you know, they don't think twice about it, you know. Go into the chicken coop area, the chicken, the chicken uh, hatchery area where the where the babies were, and she's picking them up and showing them to me and talking about the babies and whatnot, and and then uh, she just, you know, you want to hold them here, have one, pick one up, hold it, you know. That sounds like a lot of fun. And then of course she goes, oh, oh, don't worry about, it. yeah. Unfortunately, she picked a, a dead one, one had died in the box. She goes, oh, they sometimes die. So yeah, that's life on the farm. <laughs> yeah. If you if you live on a if you if you live on a farm, one of the first things you learn about is life and death. <laughs> yep. Farmers know about death. You know that actually reminds me. I was walking home the other day, and there is two dead baby birds just randomly on the side of the sidewalk, and mm-hmm. I noticed them, but I didn't really think much of it. Then some other critter is going to have a meal. Yeah. And then I realized, wow, I've, I actually know people. <laughs> they would see that and they would break down tears Mm -hmm. and then demand to bury the critters Mm -hmm. and have an entire funeral for these random dead baby birds yes and yes it's it kind of struck me as odd because in the wild like these baby birds yeah it sucks that they die but at the same time they're going to feed some other critter yep it's called the circle of life exactly not every not every baby critter survives. No, and the ones that don't, especially out in the wilderness, you know, even a city is wilderness for animals. Mm-hmm. They get to be part of circle life, which actually makes me realize something else, which I'll bring up later. Yep. All right, and we may as well touch on this one here. And on top of everything else that is happening, we have droughts. Droughts and more droughts on the way for the Western U.S. Yep. So we've got droughts coming, even though the Western U.S. has been in big-time drought for quite some time. But they're they're admitting it now, so you know it hasn't happened until now. Yeah, it's everything is magic like that. They don't admit it Mm -hmm. until they have no choice because only a moronic idiot would not notice it. Oh, and for some reason, I can't get to the page. Oh, weird. Oh, I bet I don't have the full link. Yep, I bet I don't have the full link. Okay. Yeah, I'm looking at the I'm looking at the link. It's missing the page HTML info. Let's go pop in here and see to his primary page. Oh, his wow, that's weird. Oh. Hmm. Why is his website down? I don't know. I wonder why. It just says the connection timed out. Let's put it on HTTPS and see if it'll get to it. That's weird. Yeah, especially the Economic Collapse blog. He's always up and online. Okay. Maybe he's having an issue. Maybe. Maybe his website's having an issue right now, or he was telling too much truth, and they decided to uh, create grief for him. Honestly, he does- I think it's more likely that, but at the same time, I'm going to be optimistic and say that his server is having issues. Yeah. Can't get to it. Yeah, I'll be optimistic and say it's a server. 
At any rate, the article was really interesting in that uh, it did talk about the droughts in the western U.S. and the long term that they've been going on and that the media is now talking about it. So let's touch on this one here. Your Biden official is very happy about fertilizer shortages and forcing farmers to transition to more natural solutions. Yeah. You know, she actually says the line, never let a crisis go to waste in mm. her interview here. Well, does she? Very impressive. Yeah. Mm. Very impressive. But it kind of surprised me because she was talking about how all because of Putin, of course, and Trump, don't forget that, uh, fertilizer is now much less available. So therefore, this is a good opportunity mm -hmm. to allow, it's not that video. Um, this is a good opportunity to help the farmers move on to more natural types of fertilizer. Mm, let's hear what she has to say. Fertilizer shortages are real now because Russia is a big expert. Okay, first off, that's not a she. <laughs> that's a man. Like a she, that's what I'm calling her. No, that's not a she, man. Look at the chin, look at the Adam's apple, and listen to that fucking voice. I'm sorry, it's not a she. Order of fertilizer, and even though fertilizer is not sanctioned, uh, less fertilizer is coming out of Russia. As a result, we're working with countries to think about natural solutions like manure and compost, and this may hasten transitions that would have been in the interest of farmers to make eventually anyway. So never let a crisis go to waste, but we really do need this financial support uh, from the Congress to be able to meet emergency food needs so we don't see the cascading uh, deadly effects of Russia's war extend into Africa and beyond. Yeah. Yep. You're so wrong there, person. You are so wrong on so many aspects. Because, see, the thing is, is farmers would love to use natural fertilizer. But... but that only gives 50% of the, of the crop that they need in order to provide. That's right. That's the whole reason we have artificial fertilizers, is because it boosts the productivity of the crops to the sustaining levels we need for our current our current population on the planet. You know, I was actually re-listening to uh, one second after, and instead yeah. of instead of I, I I had this thought, and I said, you know what? Instead of putting in the EMP disaster. Put in what they've done to our supply lines over the last two years. Hmm. Wouldn't be much different. It's actually not much different. It just takes longer than what the EMP accomplished. Yeah. I had that thought while I was re-listening to it, and I thought, you know, a lot of what you're talking about here is what's going on now but in slower motion you know destruction of our supply lines and the fact that you know you know we harvest we harvest apples more so the states the harvest apples they ship them to china china turns them into apple juice and then ships it back to us yep you know it's like that kind of ludicrousness where it's cheaper to send the apples all the way to China to put them in a to put them in a plastic bottle and ship them all the way back. Hmm. You know, what kind of stupidity is that? I mean, one of the ones I saw this is a really great meme. You know, they harvest uh, they harvest um, 
a product in the United States, ship it to Argentina for certain processing, ship it to China for final processing, and ship it all the way back to the United States, and yet somehow that's cheaper. That is a very interesting process. Mm-hmm. It was some fruit or something that was harvested in the States, shipped to Argentina, and then shipped over to China, and shipped back to the U.S. as a, fine, as a finished product that's sold on the store shelves. Jeez. It's like, and somehow that's cheaper to do. To to send it send it all the way across the globe, literally across the globe on two different stops. So we've got some insanity going on, and of course, because we've been doing this now for thirty years, well, not quite, not quite thirty, say twenty five. Since the mid nineties is when it kicked into high gear with the extended supply lines, supply chains, and the yeah. centralization of stuff. Somewhere in the mid nineties is when it started. It's been in full force since the uh, since the mid two thousands. And we only discovered how damaging that was in the last two years as supply chains have started breaking down. And with these supply chains break down, I think what we'll do is I need another beer. So um, I'm going to play something here, empty my squirrel bladder, and uh, we will be right back. Sounds like a plan. All righty. Coming right back. At construction you are employed The weekend's here, now you're overjoyed With thoughts of A boisterous Saturday night It's the boys' night to howl And the girls' night to prowl It's the blue-collar workers Boisterous Saturday night A chance to let off steam A chance to holler and scream It's the blue Collar workers, boisterous Saturday night. All week long you've been longing for that whistle to blow. Get out that door, a quick shower, and a fast meal. Rev up the car and make her wheels squeal. Heading for a boisterous Saturday night. It's the boys' night to have and the girls' night to proud. It's the blue-collar workers, boisterous Saturday night. A chance to let off steam, a chance to holler and scream. It's the blue-collar workers, boisterous Saturday night. Get lucky, you'll find romance. Drink too much of that, I'm sure. Wick next move, it's so sore. I'll call by a boisterous Saturday night. It's the boys' night to have, and the girls' night to proud. It's the blue collar workers' boisterous Saturday night. A chance to let off steam. Chance to holler and scream in the blue-collar workers, boisterous Saturday night. It's the boys' night to howl, and the girls' night to prowl. 
It's a blue-collar worker's boisterous Saturday night A chance to let off steam A chance to holler and scream It's a blue-collar worker's boisterous Saturday night Lord, it's a blue-collar worker's boisterous Saturday Yeehaw. Alrighty. Let's go diving into the Great Reset. back better there's so much truth in that song (laughs) (laughs) all right we are gonna go down the rabbit hole of the great reset because we had a whole bunch last week we didn't get to and we got a whole bunch this week and as we were talking about we were talking about our supply lines so let me go skip down to the stuff on the supply lines here's some stuff here on the supply lines um Major fires. Now, this article here was a list of 16 major fires. Oh, God, it was another economic uh, collapse blog. Is he going to load this time? Actually, you did bring this one last week. Did I? Yeah, I remember you brought last week because it surprised me how many fires we had. Oh, since last week, it's jumped up to 21. Bloody hell. Yep. Okay, his website's still not loading. All right, here you go. Another article. Pattern of fires hitting across the U.S. Arson teams are burning down America's food uh, infrastructure. That's the suggestion. It's a big, massive number of fires that are being built. To say otherwise seems to be a little bit blind. Well, that's the thing is, like, it, this could be, as was suggested on uh, on uh, uh, Redonculus tonight when I was watching Redonculus before the show, because they were talking about this one too. He kind of suggested. He kind of. Oh, this is this is getting this is getting a real big in the alt alt news media. You know, the standard news mm-hmm. media really doesn't give two fucks. They're not talking about until this. They can't deny it anymore. Well, that's the whole point. They they wait until you can't deny it. And by that time, there it's like, yeah, I've known about that for months. God, even years. What took you so long? <laughs> but there's a pattern to it, and it's a possible suggestion that this is um, uh, insurance fraud. Could be insurance. Could also well, be part of what I consider to be a larger plan. 
Well, part of a larger plan, but partly could be like insurance because think about how much money these companies have lost in the last two years. That is a good point. You know, they might have to, well, we're gonna, we need to break even. Let's burn the plant down. You know, that's one possibility. But the other possibility is, of course, it's, it's a planned destruction of the of the supply lines and part of the supply lines is the food processing plants without the food processing plants where does everything go now they brought up something i hadn't heard about before and that is dirt is being shipped out of the united states i don't i didn't Wait, get the uh, yeah i did i didn't get the uh, article uh, let's see here is this the article here? No longer American soil. Uh, no, this is the other one. He, they, they didn't. I didn't get the link. They didn't have the link up. But he showed a TikTok video of you know. There's tick. There's a bunch of TikTok videos out there about farmers showing that you know they've been paid to plow under their crops. Well, there's one that plow says, under? "Yeah, plow under, destroy their crops." When we're, okay, we're hang on. So plow under their crops, like. For harvesting, or no, they're they're I'm they're almost they're all, they're almost ready to harvest, which means they could then be sold. But the government comes in and says, you know, we want you to just plow that under. We'll give you twice the market value of your crops. Plow it all back into the ground. Oh, okay. So take the crops and put it back into the earth. Destroy them. Destroy their crops. Instead of harvesting oh. them to feed people, destroy them. Oh, I was picturing like uh, harvesting by scooping under the earth and pulling no. the crop up by the root kind of deal. I no, no. That's why I was confused. Plow, plow under means to destroy your crops, plow it back into the ground so that it can't be eaten. I didn't know that. Yeah, that's what plow under that means. That is interesting. Yeah, so they're paying them. But one of the farmers said, well, they did us dirt. They did us a dirty on this one, though. He said they not only came in and plowed under our crops for us, but they scooped up all of our topsoil, pushed it to the side, and supposedly they're taking that topsoil and shipping it over to China. Oh, wow. I mean, it makes sense, but wow. Well, you know what the problem is there? You know what topsoil is, right? Topsoil is where all the nutrients is, and that is how you make sure that your ground is healthy enough to grow another crop, isn't yes. it? Yes, yes. And you know how long it takes to create topsoil? A few years at least. Five to ten years to create really good topsoil. I hope they got really well paid for that, too. Nope. They didn't get paid for that, but uh, that's... Just the, that's a problem, though. Just shipping out topsoil means the farmer won't be able to plant crops again. If he does, they're taking the top two to three inches, which means they are taking the entirety of the topsoil. Yeah, they're taking the top the top few inches of topsoil and shipping it to China, who probably needs topsoil oh, because shit. they've overworked their crops. They've overworked their their topsoil, or they've polluted their topsoil. Yeah, but wow, I mean, so you know, I I have been watching this pattern for a while and. I had thought initially that the pattern was due to negligence, but as I'm watching more and more pieces of this pattern come together, I'm seeing less a pattern of negligence and more a pattern of essentially creating an EMP effect without an EMP. Mm -hmm. Very interesting. Yeah, it's disturbing. it's a destruction. That's why my rant in the beginning was, you know, there's very little you can do to change these politicians' minds. You need to prepare for yourself. Yep. 
you, you got to prepare for yourself. Yeah, I mean, the fertilizer is less. They're destroying the crops. They're destroying the food processing plant processing places the best thing that anyone can do right now is to build their own backyard garden yep that is the best thing to do Mm -hmm. and make sure that you get into composting yourself because there's no way in hell that three years down the road you're going to be able to get your fertilizer okay now we were talking about the arsons or the possible arsons in all these food facilities we don't know they're arsons arsons, likely arsons you know the destruction of these food facilities, especially, you know, you got two of them that planes crashed into. How often do planes crash into a food production facility? It's like... There's some- only 0.05% planes that crash once they're in the air. Yeah. 99.95% of the plane crashes happen before the plane is getting off due to birds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you got, the thing is, though, is you got two small planes that crashed into two different plants. What are the chances of that happening in reality? Very, very slim. There's only a yeah. 0.05% chance of that happening. Yeah. All right, so you've got here, you got experts, though, that talking about the food, the fires at food processing facilities, they're claiming more experts aren't convinced that this is actually happening Experts say there's really? no, there's no, no idea. Uh, these experts, man, God, gotta trust the experts, man. Trust the science. Trust the science. Okay. Trust the experts. They know everything. They can never be wrong because they're experts. And you, percent of experts agree that experts are correct. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, there's no way you can be an expert. Who are you? You got a person, you got the internet and Google and you went and read some articles and what do you know? Yeah, well, patterns are patterns. I don't care. I'd like just to point out that all of our most amazing historical figures who are considered to be the smartest of all Mm -hmm. were all self-taught. Oh, yeah. Just like to point that out. Yes, they were all self-taught. They did all all their own research. They did all their own experimentation. They kept copious notes. Einstein and Tesla are my Mm -hmm. two heroes in the scientific scientific community, and they were Mm self-taught. They ended up going to college after they had learned everything they wanted to learn, only so that they could contradict what was already in the colleges. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Not just them. All throughout history. All of the greatest men have been self-taught. And it's like, the question always comes to my mind. It's like, who decided who the experts were and who decided that this course needed to be done? And almost every time you look into it, you'll find out it was government that decided that. Because government needs to get involved. So government can take tax money. Short sidetrack. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched a TV series called uh, Designated Survivor recently. Mm-hmm. It's actually a very interesting series. I didn't think it would be. Designated Survivor is based on the idea. Oh, of I've seen that. Survive- hmm? That's a Designated Survivor for the for the United States president if all the cabinets killed. Not just well, yeah, for for the president, uh, it's the last survivor. But the the whole series is actually very interesting and. It randomly ended. Mm-hmm. But what's funny is it ended, I think it ended in like 2017. Yeah. And it ended because the last season there was talking about a biological attack where it was attacking the dark-skinned 
people of of the world because the people who were who created this biological uh, agent they believed that uh, white people were being bred out and immigrated out. Hmm. And I find it very interesting because in that show, they were talking about how they had to, they, they also went through the whole epidemic thing. It was very interesting how very similar that show copied what happened in 2020, mm-hmm. but it was 2017. And then all of a sudden the show ended. Yeah. Well, they're, tell- they're telling too much truth. There's a lot of shows that do, a lot of shows that do that. Too much truth, and they get canceled. Yep. Because <laughs> they can't. Get... Sorry for the short sidetrack. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. And of course, as the experts say, ha, ah, there's nothing to this. Everything is still burning. Yep. You know, and this is going to exacerbate food shortages. In other words, it's going to uh, to make um, prices go up. And, you know, here in North America, while we'll probably still have food on the shelves, it's going to be very, very expensive. You know, very expensive, and we're not going to have what we're used to because yeah. a lot of our fruit and veggies come from California. Mexico. And Mexico, but no, we have a lot from California, too. Yeah. Most of our fruit comes from California. Most of our veggies come from Mexico, and a lot of our... Uh, long-term storage veggies like garlic come from China. Yeah, well, that's why I'm growing my own because I really don't like the uh, Chinese stuff. I realized how bad it is when I ran out of my own garlic uh, last year and I needed to buy some from the store, and it's like, wow, there's really not much flavor in this garlic. (laughs) Yeah, you have to use uh, about five cloves for every single clove that comes from your garden. Yeah. Yeah, I, the, I just like garlic a lot. Turns out, no, I've just been using very weak garlic my mm, whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and I, I planted twice as much garlic this year as I did last year. So, <laughs> oh, good. Maybe I can mooch them off you. Yeah, I should have lots of garlic this year. I've got garlic <laughs> in just about every bed in my garden. I've got garlic growing this year. Good. And next year I'll plant even more garlic because I like garlic. <laughs> And and it's and it's and it's one of the it's one of the few things that I have no problems growing. Oh, there you go. So we've got a lot going on. So we've got the Great Reset not only showing up in our food supplies as we just talked about. Another Great Reset. Quebec has banned oil and gas. Yeah, this is an interesting one. You no longer can do... Whoops. Get back there. I'm thinking about it. Yeah. Can no longer do gas exploration in Quebec. Oil and gas exploration is now banned, which means, from what I understand, it means that they can't create any more, but any oil or gas uh thing that's already going like any oil rig that's already going is still allowed nope. to go nope they got to shut down existing drill sites within three years yeah for within three years but mm-hmm. they are still able to go for now which is somewhat good yeah but what's ironic is was it last year i think it was the year before this last winter there was a quebec had a massively cold winter and they were begging for gas to heat their homes it was just this last winter 
Mm. Was it this the last one winter? that we just got through? It was this it's, last winter. It's like, we had an extraordinarily cold winter. And what's interesting is this next winter is going to be worse because we're in the grand solar minimum. Yeah. They don't realize it yet, but mm. we're in the grand solar minimum. This next year is going to be worse, and it's going to yeah. keep getting worse. It's going to keep getting worse, but yet they're trying to ban the one fuel that provides the BTUs that we need to stay alive in the winter. You know, oil and gas. We don't have a better fuel. I mean, granted, over time, they can compensate with the electrical grid, but our electrical grid is not capable of producing the same energy that comes from a gallon of gas. No, you know, it's it just, not. It just, we haven't designed it for that. No, it was never designed for that. It was designed as a supplement to it. Mm -hmm. And the electrical grid runs on oil and gas for the most part. Because, of course, <laughs> solar is a wonderful thing, except when the sun doesn't shine. And wind's or a wonderful wind thing, or when the wind stops blowing, you know. Oh, well, we'll just store all the extra in batteries. Okay, well, that's fine. How are you going to dig up all the materials for the batteries? We don't. They don't. They don't make strong enough engines to mine yet. The mining machinery that digs up all that shit runs on oil and gas. Yep. say. <laughs> The insanity behind it just it just it boggles my mind how these people can think like this. That's the thing. I don't think they are thinking. Mm-hmm. Nope. All they can think of is, yep, clean energy. Short-term votes. That's all they're thinking about. Well, no, here you go. Clean energy. The toxic waste clean ponds. Clean energy is not clean. It drives me insane. The talk the the Chinese pond toxic from the clean energy. This isn't actually an interesting article. I thought they'd had better better um, photos of the tailings pond, but they don't. This is the only photo of the tailings pond. This is the waste material from harvesting the materials needed to build the batteries for the clean energy. Yeah, build the batteries and create all of the solar-powered items that exist to create all of those items it is disgusting it is the dirt one of the dirtiest things out yep. there even more dirty than aluminum which aluminum is the filthiest metal to create of all yeah and here you go here's the here's a, here's a sky view of the uh tailings pond that's a massive area of pollution yep. and of course since the pollution's all in china nobody gives a fuck which is also disturbing because Water is connected no matter where you are. I mean, mm -hmm. everybody has Teflon in their system because one company in one country dumped all of their Teflon waste when Teflon was first created. Yep. And now, because of that, it reached the ocean, which ended up reaching everywhere else in the world. We all have Teflon in our system. It's something we have incorporated into our system. Mm -hmm. And that only took one company dumping their waste in one in one city of one country yeah well that's the whole thing is it's connected and there yeah oil and gas does damage to the environment i admit it does it just doesn't do this kind of damage to the environment for the energy we get back what's funny is the amount of damage that oil and gas to our environment are very minuscule compared to the used up batteries mm-hmm 
Yeah, that's the other thing is you know we I don't I don't know if they're they're fully recycling used up batteries. I hear stuff that they're recycling them, but I don't know if they're fully recycling them. You can't actually fully recycle the batteries that are used in cars now. I mean, yes, it's just like thousands of AA batteries that are all locked together, mm-hmm. which is kind of entertaining when you tell somebody who has no idea how they look. It's literally just a thousand AA batteries. Yeah, all linked together. Mm-hmm. But um, but for the batteries and most of the newer cars, there is only about. 10% of that car that is recyclable and none of it is the battery or the green power part. Yep. And I've got something here. I can't remember what this one, this post was. Society is truly messed up. The comments show it all. It really is messed up. Oh, it's gone. Oh. It's gone, D. Bye bye. It's really messed up. It's really messed up. The tweet is gone. Oh, that's mm-hmm. sad. That's sad. A lot of people have been bailing on the Twitter. Well, all the leftards have been bailing on Twitter. You know. Yeah, it's surprising how many leftards there truly are because they're like, oh my God, you can say whatever you want on Twitter. I'm out. Yeah, let's, let's see how many of these uh, Twitter. I had a whole bunch of Twitter links from previous uh, we didn't touch on when. It was it was just after uh, Elon made his bid to buy Twitter and it was approved, and the leftards are still losing their nuts uh, a few weeks later. All right, here we go. Elon Musk, Target... Tw- oh, God. And this guy here, I'm not even going to say the name. You can read it in the show notes later. Um, sometimes he says such intelligent shit, and sometimes not so much. He's really a good programmer, but sometimes I just question his other intelligences. All right, here we go. Elon Musk targets Twitter with a $40 billion cash takeover. This could mean the end of content moderation and the platform descending into disinformation and far-right extremism. Oh, my God! Ah! <laughs> and it's 40, it was $43 billion. See, you can't even get the numbers right, dude. It was 40, it's $43 billion, not $41 billion. Yeah. $41 billion was his initial offer. Yeah. All right, here's here's the comments from all the leftards. Uh, under this philosophy, wouldn't far-left extremism also be rampantly published? <laughs> hey, dude, I know you're probably getting annoyed, but here's my take. The solution to the problem of the current social and political issues is simple and yet hard to apply. On top of that, it also takes time. The answer is education, not censorship. I actually like that one. Yeah, I'm looking for the really hard ones. Let's hmm. see here. They must be way down. I have Looks to like say, it seems like since this happened, it's mostly intelligent notes that have been popping up. Except that. That's kind of entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> it's spread misinformation. <laughs> <laughs> All right, come on. Kick out some more replies here. Because there were some really entertaining ones. Of course, it's been so long now, it's had more replies here. But the, the left charge dove in here real fast. Oh, he's slowly becoming like Trump, but with actual money. At least he can't run for president here in the U.S. unless they ignore that rule like they did with Ted Cruz. Uh-huh. I thought if you're an American citizen, you could run. You have to be born in the United States. Oh, okay. Yeah, you, you must be born in the United States. It's written into the Constitution because they didn't want some king or queen from Europe. 
sending their kids over to become president and take over the country. Okay, I get that. That was the whole reason it was written in there was to prevent the British aristoc uh, British aristocracy from uh, from running for president and taking over. So if it's far leftist information, it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that, those one, those comments there is ones I love the most. Uh, I can't seem to find all the really good comments. I'm going to have to start saving those specific comments. You got them, man, because they are vanishing quick. Well, they're People not. Are bailing? Yeah, they're 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 well, they're going they're going full on retard on this one here, and it was really entertaining the first week to do that. Mm-hmm. I mean, we did last show. We brought up what was that girl's name um, on Twitter. I ended up following her. She's really quite entertaining. <laughs> she really is the stuff she spits out from time to time it's like oh man this is just fun and then what she does is she takes all our hate mail and retweets it oh my god mom and dad i am not getting up ever again if elon buys twitter yeah there you go here's some here's some stupidity okay this one here let's take this one apart just because you we really need to dissect this one because this one here is beyond stupid our family was supposed to go on a trip to disneyland but today when i went to make wake our six-year-old daughter i found this she refuses to get up we've been saving this trip for years elon musk ruined our family oh it turns out this was also supposed to be a uh, satire but i don't know it's so hard to tell sometimes Elon Musk ruined our family in vacation and shattered our kids' dreams. It's like, what six-year-old is going to give two fucks about Twitter? Uh, Elon buying Twitter and versus going to Disneyland? And yet there's people who are seriously tw- tweeting about their four-year-old mm. crying about the end of the world over mm. this with them. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, the other thing is, what six-year-old has that kind of fucking uh, uh, handwriting? <laughs> My six-year-old. Oh. My kid has had tidier writing than me since she was six. <laughs> yeah. And of course, why is a six-year-old on Twitter to begin with? <laughs> that too. Uh, it'd be nice if uh, Elon bought Disney, but Disney's not worth buying, man. Let it die. Let it buy it die its own natural death. My cat almost got his head stuck in my shoe and he couldn't <laughs> get out for a moment. That was entertaining. Mm, that would be entertaining. <laughs> So there's some there. Let's see what else we got here. We got a few more. I didn't get that. Could you try again? No, <laughs> fuck off, Siri. I won't respond to that. <laughs> oh, you won't respond to it. So fuck you anyway. Gotta say, Siri is probably getting pretty frustrated and offended, but with all the people telling her to fuck off these days. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go. There's the Twitter employees. <laughs> Looks about right. I love that one. <laughs> the Twitter employees panicking, except for the except for the the except for the ones that were in the background going, "God, I wish the hell would kill these idiot more uh, left hards." But I need this job so badly. Oh my God, Elon's buying Twitter. We might actually be do be able to do something with it. Mm-hmm. Although I don't think that. I think his job is to destroy Twitter. I'm not so sure. Like, I agree with you at first, but after looking more into it, about it this could be a serious moneymaker for him. 
Well, yeah, the, the information that's available for him once he gets hold of it, you know, the marketing stuff is just incredible. You know, he can do a lot with it. So, yeah, it could be a major moneymaker for him. All right. Here's, I'm guessing that's probably what it is because he needs some money. No, well, he, he always needs money. He, he blows it on all kinds of oh, things. Oh, this one. I brought this one last week, but we skipped over it. This is hilarious. Mm. Brian Stelter is freaking out, going like, if you get invited to something where there are no rules, where there is total freedom for everybody, do you actually, uh, you scroll down, I can't finish reading it out. Do you actually want to go to that party, or are you going to decide to stay home? And that's a question for Twitter users. What the hell kind of parties did he go to? And like, you look at these two CNN people and they're looking at him like, what the fuck? Yeah. Because who wants a party that has rules? Yeah. Uh, you go I... to a party to not have rules, to be mm -hmm. completely crazy and write ostriches. Yeah. Who, who, who went to a party? Who's ever gone to a party that had rules? Exactly. You know, it's like your buddy calls you up. You go, yeah, dude, I want to invite you over to my party. Yeah, sounds good, dude. Um, well, but first off, we got to cover off. There's a few rules here. We got going. Oh, you know what? I think I might be washing my hair that night. Yeah, that's not a party if it has rules. It's a get together. And yeah. get togethers are awesome when you are in the right mind frame. If you're in the mind frame to go to a party, man, you expect no rules. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Look, who knows? I, I think that's a, a that's a. That's a, an example of a broader question for Twitter, which is, if you, uh, if you get invited to something where there are no rules, where there is total freedom uh, for, for everybody, do you actually want to go to that party? Or are you going to decide to stay home? And that's a question for Twitter users. Some Twitter users might love the idea that there's going to be absolutely no moderation and no rules at all. Others might not want to be anywhere near that. Am I am I crazy, Matt? No, no, you're right. And what what happens to the advertising? I mean, if there's no moderation or little moderation, do the right. advertisers stay away? What does that do to the, the business prospects for Twitter itself? All I right. think that's very much. <laughs> you see the host's faces. Yeah, look at that dude there. He's like, oh, this dude's fucked. Why the hell's he on my yeah. show? <laughs> he like while the guy was explaining, do you actually want to go to that party? The guy's face was like. Are you getting fucked by an elephant right now? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now, the one thing we didn't, I didn't bring to the show is the new uh, Ministry of Truth that's uh, been established in the U.S. Oh, yes. The Ministry of Truth. I've been reading a lot about it. Yeah. I, I, I didn't feel like bringing a whole bunch. So I'll probably show up next week. You know, granted, you know, we're sometimes on the ball. Sometimes we're just a week behind. I'm not really behind on the news. We're just behind on bringing it to the show. You know, yeah. And it's the Ministry of Truth. And there was there's a Babylon B article, though. I need to go hunt this down because this is just Babylon B put out a satire piece. Okay, hang on. Go up to really cool things brought from Amber, and that should have my Babylon B makes another. Oh no, it's not there. Damn. Okay, yeah. Sorry. Continue. Oh. I, I did bring it to the show. I just don't know where I put it. Okay, well, let's see if we can find it because maybe you've got it for me while we're on the subject because the Babylon B made a prediction that came true. Is <laughs> basically what it, <laughs> and it was all about this Ministry of Truth. Mm hmm. Which I just found amusing as hell. Let's see. 
No, fuck off, Siri. Good night, left nut. Well, then Another quit fucking popping up. What's that? Where's that? <laughs> Good night, left knot. Another B prophecy fulfilled. Good night, left knot. All right, let's go to good night, left knot. Good night, left knot. I just got to find a good night, left knot. For some reason, I'm not finding it. Scroll up. How do you know where I'm at in the notes? You can't see what what you're just reading from. Yeah, well, no, I've been scrolling up and down in the notes right now. Well, then I'm probably wrong, but it doesn't matter. Uh huh. Because I'm right. Yeah, whatever. There it is. Another B prophecy fulfilled. The Government Disinformation Board determines all criticism of Government Disinformation Board to be disinformation. <laughs> and the real headline? I New York cites misinformation about uh, Homeland Security's Disinformation Board. Uh-huh. All right. <laughs> let's, let's do this. Once it loads. Yeah. There you go. So there's right. the two headlines. First All right. the Babylons, then the real one. Yeah, the Babylon B headline. And then the real headline. The real one. Misinformation about Homeland Security different information board. It says comparison to George Orwell's nineteen eighty four are wrong. So Yep. You, they couldn't they couldn't get much more accurate than what they did. No. Which I just found amusing as hell that <laughs> The bee did it again. It's like that. That's why the bee is like they. They. They just have a hell of a time doing this. They. They're just so screwed. Every time they think they've got something, it becomes true. It becomes true. It's like the same reason why Black Mirror had to stop producing because every time Black Mirror produced something, it ended up happening. And the guy said he couldn't make any more shorts because he felt like he was responsible for all the crap coming true. <laughs> No, no, he's not responsible. He was just he was just seeing something that looked like it wouldn't happen and sure enough the left went and fucking made it happen anyway. Exactly. And so like the the black mirror stopped because it just kept coming true and now the bee has had to stop because it kept coming true. The bee is no longer the bee. The bee has become the the not bee or not the bee. Yeah. Cuz they, they just they don't have enough information for the bee anymore. It's all about not the bee now. Well, that's be well, you see the idea of the bee was satire. You know, satiring yeah. society. And when you're satiring, you're making fun of society and you're doing things that are obviously extremes that would no no person in their right mind would do these extremes. And the problem is, is that the extremes started happening and they're like, this wasn't supposed to happen. This was a joke. <laughs> and they, they kept doing that. But pretty soon, the extremes were overtaking their ability to create any satire. Which is also why the bee has been attacked by official places saying, oh, my God, they're misinformation. It's like, no, dude, satire. But it's so real. Yeah, that. The problem it's satire yeah yeah that's the problem but yeah I, I just thought that was hilarious that the the new the new um service of disinformation board in the u.s that that's the ministry of truth it's like oh dear god where and then of course disinformation board and then of course the the, the 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 person they put in charge did you see her her little video her 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 um Mary Poppins intro yeah, to Yeah, she keeps doing everything. It's weird. She sings 
everything. Yeah, so she, yeah. She she's she's a bit of a uh, she's a bit of a nuttard. I theorize she was raised by Disney. Yeah, quite possibly. <laughs> quite possibly, but yeah, we've just got so much insanity in the world today. Like, what kind of politician sings their openings to everything? What the hell? She, she's not a politician. She's an appointee. She's, she's an appointee. She was appointed to that position. That's not a politician. She's yeah, an appointee. Isn't, isn't appointee usually have a politician history, though? Not always. She didn't have any not political always? history. Okay. Okay, well, still, it, anybody who sings everything is just weird. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, she's definitely weird. All right, so while we're in the good night left, nut, you have another one here. The not yet is the imagined space of becoming no no the not yet is the imaginal space of becoming what <laughs> play the video <laughs> yeah okay it's all about becoming part of the collective of queerness mm -hmm. all right where's the video hmm they, did it end up vanishing? I remember it being toward the top. Yeah, go up again. It, it's it's a it's a Twitter video, so it might just not have loaded yet when you were scrolling. Oh, here there it, is. it is. Okay. All right. Oh dear God. <laughs> the not yet is the imaginal space of becoming. The not yet is, is in the space of a realized utopia. The not yet is the Christian message that we must embody in critical and creative ways to steward a narrative that calls us into being human with one another again. That is the kind of hope I want to invite us to embody. That well. is the kind of queerness that I hope we can practice. Oh, dear God. One that reimagines language and practice and narratives that can be midwife and stewarded through the imaginal. Okay. That is hope to me. <laughs> that is the kind of power I think we have as a collective of believers, of doubters, of Christians, as those who are becoming. Oh, good God. The not yet. No, shush. That was Join enough. The, the collective of queerness. Yes. <laughs> the Christian collective of queerness. I could have sworn we read something tonight that the uh, queerness is not allowed. <laughs> well, yeah, except that they are replacing Christianity. You know, I think you and I had it wrong. I don't think that science is a new God. I think queerness is the no, new God. I no, think science the is still the new TQ. They're, they're trying to be, but I think science is going to win. You got to remember, we're in that age right now where you're going to have, you, you think about the rise of Christianity. You got to remember, there was a rise of dozens of cults at that time. Christianity is the one that okay. won. You know, and okay. the problem is, is one of the things that's going to happen, and humanity needs a moral compass. Yeah. You can't have society without a moral compass. You must no, have a the Romans lost their moral compass, yeah. and they were in an identical situation as yeah. the Great North, like uh, yeah. all of North America here, yeah. and they fell. 
because yeah. they were in identical situation as mm. what we are now in the North North America. Yeah, the the moral compass is a is imperative to society. Without yeah. the moral compass, society collapses. It has no choice but to collapse without a moral compass. And that moral compass requires some main things. One of them is procreation. That's a main thing. The other is is tribalism to a certain extent. In other words, people of like will 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 bond together. And it's not just like minds, it's like, you know, people of the same skin color, people of the same belief system, people of, you know, you know, protect and take care of their young and create young because if you don't create young, you only live one generation. Your society will only exist for one generation if you don't create young. Belief system is more binding than things like skin color, I find. Nope, it's not. It, yeah, it is. I mean, no. when you talk to somebody, like you talk to a white kid who grew up in a black neighborhood, they're mm. only going to trust immediately black people. Mm. You talk to a black kid who grew up in a white neighborhood, they're going to more immediately trust white people because huh? that is who their people are because they grew up around them. Uh. It's less about skin color, more about no. more about what you're used to seeing, what you're used to experiencing, which is defined generally by your belief system. Well, partly, but no, in the end, it will be about people that look like you and act like you. Act like, believe like is what I think really yeah. separates people mm. because of the way that we've grown up. We don't, if we were to remove all the politics, we are essentially a colorblind society. What we are mm, not is we so are much. a belief not so much not so much there's there there's always exceptions to the rule but on the yeah. whole on the whole the world doesn't do it let's take for example let's go with japan japan is very racially cited so is china yeah but so is raised that way uh, but see, that's their belief system and their their societal their society. While their society is running rampant right now, and they're losing their moral compass, they still have a bit of a bit more of a moral compass. China, exactly. well, we have no idea what's happening in China. System. Their belief system is what holds them together. Yes, but on the whole, it is people of like are always attracted to people of like. And it's and it starts with people that look like each other. It always does. It'll start that way if one is a lone wolf. However, if one is mm. raised within a community, the mm. skin color and the features matter less than the like mind frame. No, the mind in the, frame in is the what end, captures people the most. In the end, no. Over time, no, it won't. Especially if they get exposed to the other to the other societies. If they are exposed, yes. If but they're not exposed, they, they won't. But the thing is, is if you have a society that's mixed, it will eventually blend to a single color. That is true. You know, if you have a society that's mixed, within four generations, it'll blend to a single color. And that color, that co similar color and similar facial features, similar color, similar facial features. We are in our cores. Humans are racist and they always will be. Not so much racist as pack animals. 
the but same again, thing. I still think that it is less about the color and more about the belief system. Because yeah. if if a group of people has the same belief system, they do essentially become colorblind. Yeah. No. Think about the cults. The cults, like people are completely colorblind in cults because they no, are they're not one mind frame. They're not. They're 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 still not. They're still not. If you were able to tap into their minds, I'm willing to bet they're not. And we'll have to agree, disagree on this yeah, one. Well, this is we will. You know, I've been debating for years. Well, we'll continue <laughs> to disagree to disagree, but that's the way it is. That's the way I see it, and that's the way I I believe it is. So, and I respectfully disagree with you. Yeah, well, continue. So be it. <laughs> see, that's a real debate when you mm -hmm. can respectfully disagree. Yeah, well, that 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 skill is lost in the world right now. Yeah, the whole phrase, I may not agree with what you have to say, but I'll fight to the death you're right to say it. Yeah. It's been lost. It's gone. It's disappeared from the world. It doesn't exist anymore. Nobody nobody it's wants nobody wants to defend USA that. And Canada were built upon. That's exactly what North America was built upon. Yes, although the United States more than anyone else because they had freedom of speech protected in their constitution. Oh, did you hear? Uh, 21st century freedom of speech is different from the 18th century. Yeah, I saw that somewhere. <laughs> I saw it. It's like, what? What? What kind of? What are you smoking? Freedom of speech yeah, is I, still freedom of speech. I don't care. I don't care if back then they believed in slavery or not. <laughs> it's like it was. It's freedom of speech doesn't change just because you're in a different century. I did bring it to the show. Let's see if I can find it. Okay, let's see where that one's at. Let's see. Uh, nope, not seeing it. Although I am seeing my Hopi Blue Star stuff. You want yeah. to pop down to there? Well, let's uh, hang on. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wander through your thing here real quick and see what we've got to see if we get lucky enough to uh, see if we get lucky enough to find this and where you might have put it. Nope. No, I don't remember seeing it, so that's too bad. Yeah, that one there, that was really great. I thought that was quite fantastic that somebody was saying that freedom of speech is different now than it was in the 1800s. It's like, yeah. it's like, really? Yeah. How can you be that freaking stupid? All right. First thing you've got from the Hopi Blue Star. Let's go wander on into stuff since we're getting there at the end of the show. We'll cover up the Hopi Blue Star because this is uh, different and a little bit lighter. And then we'll go into our TikToks and close it out. Okay. All right. So I found this video by a guy who is called Creepy Little Book on Odyssey. Mm -hmm. And although the guy has a bit of a... Uh, vocal fry it was still a very interesting video he also tends to have a lot of dead air in his video but he starts it out by talking about how the blue star will be the symbol of the end of the fourth world at the end of and what the end of the world will look like and sorry i end up putting a couple of random notes while i was listening uh so what the hopi believe according to what he was able to find is uh there are nine worlds Currently, we are in the fourth, and every time that humans choose the wrong path, we choose the path that we think with our heads rather than with our hearts, and by doing so, we end up... Uh, that's his intro, by the way. Um, 
by doing so, we end up destroying the world. It is not until humanity chooses to think with their heart that they are able to save the world that they are in. We have nine worlds in total. We are currently in the fourth. When the blue star appears, that is the showing of the end of the world, and we will say goodbye to the fourth and move into the fifth. Mm. Uh, the phrase is... You will hear of a dwelling place above the heaven or above the heavens above the earth that will fall with a great crash it will appear as a blue star very soon after this the ceremonies of my people will cease the blue star will mark the end of all hopi rituals the end of all hopi ceremonies will come when Kirchina removes his mask in the plaza absence of hopi ceremony will correspond with the end of the world World War III will start in USA, is what is believed, and will rip apart all the land. According to Hopi prophecy, it will leave the Hopi homeland intact. The war will be about a spiritual conflict between material matters and spiritual and spirituality. Shortly after the blue star is visible to all and the purification day is realized, the true white brother will come to earth in search of the Hopi steadfastly adhere to the Hopi teachings. If successful, the world will be created anew and all the faithful will be free from destruction. And okay. then later in the video, which I drove my kids nuts because I kept re-listening to this to catch all of his words to write all that out. Um, signs to look for when the blue star Kachina comes. I think I caught the guy's name who wrote this article. His name is Brett. Berklist, I think. This from, is an article I've read many times. And it's okay, also it's also part of the Hopi prophecy. Well, send me that a link to that article. I'd love to see um, it. I couldn't even tell you where that link is anymore. Well, that sucks. Well, the the nine signs that are spoken about in that article are white skinned men will take land that is not theirs and strike their enemies with thunder, which could be firearms. Mm -hmm. The coming of the spinning wheel filled with voices covered in wagons. I didn't understand that one. I'm not sure if I heard his voice right. Oh, you, right. you you got it right because what they're talking okay. about this this was the Hopi this is the Hopi prophecy from the 1700s before before Europeans moved across North America. And they're talking about white skinned man will take land that is not theirs and strike their enemies with thunder or firearms. In other words, the conquering of America. Yeah. The coming of the spinning wheel filled with voices covered in wagons, in covered wagons or covered things. So it was the wagons coming across North America, the wagon trains. Oh, cars. On, cars. On concrete roads. Yes. And then you've got a strange, a strange-like beast similar to the buffalo, only with longer horns and larger numbers. So herds of cattle. Which is when we moved into cattle and took over the buffalo ranges. And the, the land crossed by snakes of iron, railroad tracks. Yes. Mm -hmm. The land is crossed by giant spider's web, telegraph, and telephone lines. Yep. Which, you know, if, um, if, you, don't, if you don't have a way to describe something you know nothing about and you see it in a vision, yeah. you describe it with the words you have actually very apt the land being covered in a giant spider's web yep very apt yeah the land is covered with rivers of stone 
which of course is the concrete and asphalt roads. And if you think originally, the original roadway system across the United States was not asphalt. Asphalt wasn't created until the 60s. Concrete, wasn't it? It was all concrete. Every highway in the United States when they built them was built out of concrete. And they found that concrete didn't do well in some areas, and that's when they invented asphalt and found that asphalt mm. was much better. But originally, they were all built out of concrete. You can still drive on the concrete highways in some places, because some places the concrete lasted forever. We got plenty of them here on the island where mm -hmm. they haven't fixed the damn roads. Yep. The sea turning black, killing many things, which is considered oil spills. Yep. Many young people wear their hair long, like our people, as a tribal way to learn our ways and wisdom. So the guy in the video said hippies. Yeah. Well. I think that I've, I've noticed a lot of people simply wearing their hair long now. Men well, and women and children are all wearing their hair long recently. Well, that's been around since I was a kid. When I was, it's yeah. also it's also a seventies thing. You got to remember, we got a lot of seventies throwbacks going on right now. True. When I was when I was when I was a teenager in the seventies, boys with long hair was a real common thing. I used to have it long. Common I, again. I, it's common again. You know, but the thing about long hair is your hair is an extension of your sixth sense. Mm -hmm. So. And that's one thing that First Nations believe is the hair is an extension of the sixth sense. And one of the biggest things they found, like uh, when they talked about the uh, the uh, wind talkers, the uh, I think it was the Hopi Nation they used for the wind talkers too. And when they shaved their heads, they found that they couldn't do their job anymore mm -hmm. because it there's something about it. Um. You might be able to correct this because I could not understand this guy uh, when he said this last one. Hmm. What I heard was its own place. I'm not sure what, how it starts, but hmm. something appears in the heavens as a blue star crashing into Mother Earth, signifying the end of times, which could be a comet, a planet, or a space station. Yeah, there's, there's, okay, what they're talking about there was the house in the sky crashes to Earth. Now ah, some people okay. some some people believed it was the first um, uh, space station that crashed to Earth. I think it was in the eighties or nineties. It came to Earth. The other one is the current space station that's up there, which is due to crash to Earth in the next in the next couple of in the next couple next decade or so, because they can't keep the space station up there. Because you got to remember, everything in orbit is actually falling to the Earth. Slowly but surely, yeah. It's slowly Unless but they have the ability to uh, re readjust their orbit push their way out yeah. yeah they have to readjust their orbit with with something the problem is, is that the space station will crash to the earth again so, so it's a another another part of this video he talks about the three world shaking events and apparently this is represented by three circles entwining like mm. one layered one on top of the other which i thought of as trendy sign almost but i don't mm. think that's what he meant yeah um there's eight listed here and unfortunately um, all of them have come to pass in one way or another um when mankind tosses bugs of the world up into the air which is uh thought of as the airplanes first used in world war one or helicopters yeah could be when mankind uses Hopi symbol of migration and this is a symbol adopted by a German nationals party in World War II the twisted cross hmm. 
a red cloak or fire or blood, which is thought to represent communism, which I don't fully understand. The trees die, which could be the destruction of the rainforest, could be the acid rain. Well, the problem is, is, okay, I have to contradict this one. The trees have not died. Across our planet, yeah, we've done some deforestation in some areas, but our planet has actually increased the amount of trees since the 1800s. Planet-wide. Absolutely has. Planet-wide. So the trees haven't died. They've actually increased. Um, but there are uh, there are areas where trees are dying for unknown reasons. Well, it's because of, it's because of the changes in the uh, environment. The uh, um, heading into the uh, solar the grand solar minimum, which only happens you know every four hundred years. Exactly, and I think that may be what this is referring yeah. to is how trees in some areas are dying for currently mm-hmm. unknown reasons, and. To continue on this list, mm-hmm. uh, mankind builds a house in the sky, which is a space station, in my opinion. Yeah, that's what it is. Now, this is what I think is connected with the trees dying. Cold places become hot. Hot places become cold. Weather changes, like what we've seen over the past couple of years especially. Yeah. And this is part of why the trees are dying. Mm-hmm. And then uh, number seven land sinks into the oceans or land rises from the sea which is tectonic plate shifting which we're experiencing a lot of right now with all the earthquakes well no, we're experiencing no more than usual right now with the major sinkholes and uh, that are appearing in random places over the past five mm. years what i'm referring to is the random sinkholes the random um just the, the randomness of what we mm. have come to uh, expect to be a certain way over the past hundred, uh, over the past like three to five hundred years. Yeah. Now it's completely changed to something mm-hmm. we haven't seen for a couple thousand years, at least according to our writings. Yeah. Yeah. So well. it's it's a major change with the mm-hmm. with the random sinkholes, random parts of the earth are coming up out of the ocean. It is a lot different than we've had mm-hmm. for written history in the past couple thousand years. Yeah. And oh, then yeah. the last one is the blue star Cochina appears in the sky. Mm-hmm. Which is due to appear this summer. The Hopi say that the blue star is their ancestors coming to check on them to see how they have fared in the intervening time since they were yeah. last here. Yeah, well, the the blue star is a comet that's probably on a very wide trajectory and comes by the Earth every thousand years or two. Yep. Still very interesting, though. Mm-hmm. All right, so, well, we've got a couple other things I want to do since we're touched on something here that 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 is this one here. I love doing this one because I love arguing the fact, you know, even though I have First Nations history, I still um, love to argue that who's to say the First Nations didn't steal the land from white people? I'm pretty sure that the First Nations took it from Vikings, and the Vikings took it from someone else. Nope, they took it from giant white people. Ah. An ancient race of whites described in native legends from many, many tribes across North America. And they used to fight with the white people, and they killed them and wiped them out and took their lands. Makes sense. And it's in their ancient legends. 
from the Choctaw Nation to the Comanches to the Navajo to the Manta to the Paiotes. Um, all of these nations have a mytholo mythological story about the giant race of white men. Now, granted, they were pretty evil white men from their stories. They were cannibals, and they were big, tall, and they created all kinds of problems, but still... So they were ogres. Yeah, pretty much. But, they, but still, they stole the land from white people. <laughs> so they aren't the original people of the land. Which is my whole point. They're not the original people. They're not the original people. I don't think there are original people. There's no way that our species has only existed for a few thousand no, years. No, you 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 can't. You could never trace it. You could never trace the ownership of the land back to the first humans that existed on this planet. You would never be able to do it. No. So it's like every time they, every time I see that stuff, I'm like. It wasn't yours, you know. It was yours. It was your turn to use it. Unfortunately, you lost your turn. It's now our turn, and we'll probably lose it too to somebody else. Somebody else, bigger and badder, will come along, kick our ass, and it'll be theirs. Yep. That's the way it's been. Human. That's the human being cycle. That's the way it's been throughout human history, as far as the history that we have available to us. Unfortunately, our, the history we have available only goes back. Yeah, well, that's the whole problem. All right, I think it's time for some TikToks to lighten it up and carry us on out of the show. All right. Let's see. Hey, we've all, only got we've all only the same guy. We've only got three. Uh, okay. Yep. It's the same guy. Which guy is this? You'll figure it out. Okay. Oh dear God, that's like whatever. So it's just little music shorts. All right. Yep. You know what Kahoot is? Have no idea. Kahoot is a game that is played in both college and elementary and middle school. I never heard of it. You feed a seal in the background. The blowfish eating. Okay. I don't know if that's actually the sound that blowfish make when they eat or if it's like a random voiceover of a blowfish eating. I don't know. But he copies the sound of the blowfish sound and he turns it into music.
Okay. <laughs> Tell the kid we don't, we don't want any more of those. Those are like, <laughs> those are painful. Those were painful. All right. It's been a show. We're going to cut this one off. Thanks, everyone, for showing up. We greatly appreciate it. We managed to get a few people showing up for the show tonight. Leave some comments. Give some crypto. Go visit the website, theroguestavern.com. You know, all that good jazz. Just, you know, come visit me at the uh, Farmer's Market in Honeymoon Bay if you happen to live on Vancouver Island. I'll be there starting uh, May long weekend. And uh, let's... Uh, have a little music to carry us on out of here. These are the days of thunder. We're gonna make time stand still. A quarter after midnight, and I'm watching the wall. Sometimes I feel so just can't sleep at all Every day doing the same old thing We're losing time The weekend comes, we gotta have some fun and rewind These are the days of thunder We're gonna make time stand still We gotta folks that's all we've got for you now take care bye bye take care adios mofo